Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in. everyone and welcome to the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and with me as always is sam chung hello that was a great little um acting along with a theme song there that you did it's week whatever of quarantine i think it's six i'm getting i'm getting funky with it okay i am investing in lego you know the plural of lego is Lego. I got a Lego Empire State Building set. That's my that's my that's my uh, starting off point, and we'll go from there. I can go as big as there's like a a six hundred dollar Hogwarts set. Not there yet. <laughs> Sam said to me the other day that his goal is to recreate the New York skyline, so that way we can look at it and like we can feel like we're there. Not not just the skyline. I want to make like a scale model of New York. Um, Probably starting with Midtown since like that's where the Empire State Building is and I can build like a little Rockefeller Center so like I can be like, oh, there's work. (laughs) And so it can feel like I'm in the world from inside through my scale model. I'll just be huge relative relative to to everything that's going on. Yes. So Sam is Legoing and I am Learning how to play the piano. That is my quarantine hobby of choice. Yes, it is day two of you learning how to play the piano. And I think what gets in your way most is that as soon as you make a mistake, you get very upset, (laughs) (laughs) hit the keys, swear, (laughs) go back to the beginning. You know, that actually describes my revision process really well, too. Yeah. Yes. You need to like just once if you make a mistake, you got to just play through it. Just keep going. Yeah, I'm really hard on myself. Like it's my second day. Like if it was a recital, no, that's not stopping. You don't, you just got to, you know, play on through. Yeah. Well, there was an Arthur episode about that actually. Yeah, I just have to think of it as the time at a dance competition when I fell on my booty. And then I just had to get up and keep dancing. Yeah, you couldn't make them start over. No, I could not make them start over. Yeah. That was really embarrassing. Yeah, now all of our 30 listeners are going to know about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and very on brand, the only beginner book that Sam has, Sam plays the piano very well, and he's my teacher. Right now, I'm not just teaching myself. I do have an instructor in the form of Sam is a big book of Disney songs. So my first task is A Whole New World. Yeah, so then when you finish that song, it'll open up A Whole New World. That is the world of (laughs) piano music. Nailed it. That's the goal. Although 
in my so the first lesson was yesterday and as i told you most songs are just comprised of four chords so if we learn those four chords well actually we learn all the keys all the scales and then we learn the four chords and then you're pretty much golden yeah sam gets really mad at me when i jump ahead yeah, the music. no, that's not how the lessons work. You can't just skip ahead. We're going at, you know, a set course, a yes. set curriculum, and you can't, you can't jump ahead. Because my prior music experience was I played the clarinet for four years in middle school, so I can read music. You played the clarinet for four years, 12 years ago. But I can read music, so I'll, like jump ahead and just start sight reading with my right hand only because doing things with both hands at the same time is still a bit of a challenge right now. But I'm going to get there. Yeah. And I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, it'll be 100% because of my amazing tutelage. <laughs> tutelage? What? That's the... Is that a word? Yeah. It's oh. like one who tutors provides tutelage. Tutoring? No, tutelage. <laughs> Why are you laughing? This is a word. Okay. okay. What? This is a, why, okay. why do you not think this is, a, it's a word, tutelage. Okay. So, so <laughs> Sam is Legoing and tutelaging me. That's I'm, not, that's not a word. That's I'm playing not right. the piano poorly and still revising my book, but we're getting there. And we're watching Lizzie McGuire as always. You know, I'm thinking about sending our podcast to Hillary Duff in the hopes that she will listen to it after what we saw last night on Instagram. Yeah, you showed me this last night. Apparently, um, was it her husband? Someone had yes. direct messaged her husband that they were having a Lizzie McGuire watch party through Zoom, and then Hilary Duff joined it. So cool. I would have freaked out. They were really, I mean, they were appropriately excited. Well, that was why I asked you if she was on Cameo, because if she's on Cameo, then you could have her make a cameo, and then it would just kind of be like a, a notification to her that this exists. Maybe I'll slide into her DMs, or her husband's DMs, Matthew Coma. He's checking. Yeah, I mean... That's the move. He probably gets less DMs than her because what does he do? He's a music producer, I believe. Yeah, no. Uh, like he's, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, he's not famous. Yeah. So, you know, he might be more likely to see that kind of stuff. But it is also kind of weird that you would do it through him. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have whatever to we'll, it takes. we'll brainstorm this. <laughs> whatever it takes. No, not whatever it takes. That's <laughs> not that's not what I'm looking to do this quarantine. I mean, they're clearly bored. <laughs> <laughs> We're clearly bored. Yeah, but are they this bored? That's the question. Maybe we should start with a lower target, like uh, Adam Lamberg, someone who hasn't done anything since Lizzie McGuire, or Jake Thomas. Sure, or Jake Thomas. Maybe we should poll our audience. Poll the audience? Yeah, like who is the first cast member that we should reach out to? <laughs> I don't know that I trust the audience with this decision. I think you and I <laughs> privately should offline about this. Okay. Okay. In any case, we're here to talk about Lizzie McGuire. We're here to talk about episode 111, Bad Girl McGuire. In this episode, a girl called Angel befriends Lizzie. And together they embark on a life of petty crime, sassy attitude, and skipping school classes. I love this description so much. Yeah, this doesn't... 
Yeah, but it sets the, the bar higher than what actually happened. Yeah, two of the three things that happened um, <laughs> in that description actually didn't happen in the episode. There's no petty crime, and they didn't skip any classes. She skipped PE. Yeah, but they were like in the locker room, you know. So it's like they were there. This episode aired on May fourth, two thousand and one. Okay, so this episode I thought was just kind of yeah. Just eh. Yeah, just eh. Yeah, I have fond memories of this episode, but on the rewatch, it's pretty vanilla, I would say. I do have a vivid memory of putting a tiny gold hoop in my nose to be Bad Girl Maguire, so it had some impact on me, I would say. I just thought there was so much setup and then no payoff. Like, they were supposed to go to a high school party... Um, I don't know. They set up all these fun things that were going to happen, and then it was just like, nope, one video intervention, and that was it. Shut it down. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that, that you know what, to go back to an earlier question that was act of, asked of us, um, if I could expand on one episode and make a film adaptation, it would probably now be this episode, because there was so much potential that was just left at the doorstep. Would you have made Lizzie a batter girl? Like a worse girl? A worse girl. A more bad girl. <laughs> a more badder girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. She she didn't even get like that bad. But it was still bad enough for everyone in her life to be like, whoa, this isn't Lizzie. Lizzie's a good girl. Which like, I have a lot of issues with this like good girl, bad girl dichotomy. Like what does it even mean? To be a good girl. Well, we've we've talked about this a little bit already and about how Lizzie thinks that she's a better person than she is. But also other people think Lizzie's a better person than she is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, She's getting that... uh, (laughs) She's really getting that, like, Millennial Participation Award (laughs) treatment. I mean, this is prime time for that, right? 2001? Yeah. So... Let's just get into the recap. I feel like all of these feelings are going to surface throughout the episode. So we start off in class, in math class, where the teacher is um, asking more of a physics question than a math question, but they're in middle school, so we'll let that slide. It's the typical train A is approaching at this speed and train B is approaching at that speed, and when will they, you know, cross paths? And... We meet a random girl that we have never seen before. Her hair is very Miranda-esque in nature, but she's in this like all black get-up, sort of fishnet, black lipstick. She, You can just tell that compared to sweet little blonde Lizzie that this girl is a bad girl, correct? Yeah, I mean, if not, I not based on her appearance, based on just how she's like, <laughs> a general bully like she uh, calls lizzie frizzy mcguire she tries to stick gum in her hair she's trying to cheat off her test it's like it's not necessarily the appearance because the appearance like you mentioned is very similar to miranda they have a very similar aesthetic it's more just her general demeanor is off-putting yeah but there's more edge to her appearance than miranda's i would say like there is clearly like there are optics happening to make her stand out. Are there? Yeah, like the heavy eye makeup, the rings, the black nail polish. But yes, throughout this opening scene, she is trying to stick gum in Lizzie's hair, which is really gross. 
and, you know, just generally, like, picking on Lizzie for, like, no apparent reason. Lizzie's just trying to, you know, listen to the question. Um, there's a reason. Uh, she has a crush on her, clearly. Whenever there's bullying, there's a crush involved. All the time. That's my opinion on bullying. <laughs> <laughs> That's my hot take on bullying. There's always a crush involved in bullying. I mean, that A, that's not a hot take, and B, that is a problematic take that society needs to get away from. (laughs) Excuse me, are you calling my take problematic? Yes. Wow, rude. Well, because we usually talk about this in more like heteronormative terms, right? Like when when a little boy picks on a little girl and little girls are told that, you know, he just likes you. No. I don't think, well... I don't know. Maybe it's just the content that we watch, but I feel like it's starting to move away from that. Like I saw Sex Education, you know? That show's so good. (laughs) But yes, this girl is bullying Lizzie. At this point, I'm still calling her this girl because for the majority of the scene, we're like, what? Who is she? What's her name? Yeah, you don't you don't really get it until uh, until the end until the end of this cold open. But um. Yeah, all of this provocative action ends up catching the attention of the teacher, and then they get a surprise pop quiz because she's done with them. She's done with it. Yeah, so put everything away, take out a pencil, time for a quiz. And Miranda is like, ugh, pop quiz. And Cordo, of course, is like, ooh, pop quiz. Yeah, he says, I love the smell of pop quizzes in the morning. Nerd. (laughs) Nerd. (laughs) Gordo was like secretly hoping that this would happen. He probably told Angel to do this. He was like, hey, if you do this this to Lizzie, we'll get a pop quiz and then I'll just be so happy. (laughs) No, I refute that. I'll I'll feel so much ecstasy. (laughs) From the smell of pop quizzes in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, the quiz starts and immediately the girl who's bullying Lizzie, who I'm just gonna say her name at this point, her name is Angel, which is another choice. To name the bad girl Angel. Mm-hmm. Haha, <laughs> see what you did there, Disney. But yeah, quiz starts and immediately Angel's like, let me see your answers. And Lizzie's like, no, I'm not a cheater. You can't look at my paper. And then Angel calls Lizzie a coward and Lizzie caves really quickly. Yeah, she has no, I mean, as we've seen previously, she has no spine. Yeah, this is, this is consistent with her character. Yeah. So she shows Angel her paper and of course gets caught by the teacher who then announces that Angel and Lizzie are going to detention. Yeah, and then she says, I'm a good girl. Good girls don't get detention. Yes, she says that in her head. Okay, in her head. But like, I mean, that's an important distinction because as we saw in Rhythmic Gymnastics, that's something that if it were Kate, Kate would actually say that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Kate and Lizzie are very similar in some ways. They used to be best friends. Yeah. Makes sense. They have the same kind of like full of themselves heads. (laughs) But yes, Lizzie is a good girl. She doesn't get detention, but she did. And Angel is like, see you in detention, Frizzy. And Frizzy becomes a thing for this entire episode. And I don't know why, because her hair is not Frizzy. Angel's hair is Frizzy. (laughs) Lizzie's hair is great. Yeah, I guess she's projecting. Totally. And Lizzie says, if I'm train A and Angel is train B, we are heading toward a major collision. Cut to theme song. I just want to say before we get into like the meat of this episode, it's really interesting watching this 
compared to did you watch the episode of Diary of a Future President with me where she gets detention? Uh, yes. I think I, I saw that episode. Yeah, and she realizes that they're actually pretty cool people. Yeah, and she befriends everyone in detention. Yeah, that's that's familiar to me. And they're just kids who, like, one girl is always late for school because of her mom's work schedule. And it's just like, there's just all these things where the episode starts off similarly like elena is also very scared to go to detention and is like i'm not the type of person who gets detention yeah but then the actual the the episodes go in very different directions they do this is the 2001 version and (laughs) diary diary of a future president is the 2020 2020 version. version yeah yeah it's just interesting to see how very similar concepts um change over time yep yeah and Diary of a Future President is really cute, and I love it. And, yeah, it's just, like, current middle grade perfection. But anyways, back to Lizzie and her detention saga. So after the theme song, we are s- still at school, and we get Lizzie and her friends outside the door for detention. I like that the door for detention says detention on it. Yeah, they have, like, a dedicated detention room. It's not <laughs> used throughout the day. But there is one specific purpose. After school, everybody with detention will go into the detention room, and that is its sole purpose. And there's a lot of screaming coming from it. Um, (laughs) The school photographer lives there. I was going to say, very reminiscent of Picture Day. Yeah. Every time the door opens, it's just like horror music. Yeah. And Lizzie is trying to, you know, calm herself down. She's kind of nervous. And she's like, it's just detention. Everyone in there can't be a criminal. I'm like, you're all, like, 13. Yeah. Miranda tells her not to look anybody in the eye. Um, Lizzie's like, there must be one normal person in there, too. Someone who just made a mistake like me. (laughs) And Gordo tells Lizzie to act tough. And Lizzie is like, this is me you're talking to. So there is a level of self-awareness. But yes, and Angel appears, and she enters the classroom before Lizzie and time for Lizzie to enter detention I do have to say I appreciate the like juxtaposition of what detention is perceived as from the outside to inside which is still like not a great depiction of detention but it's really just kids like throwing balls of paper and paper airplanes around the classroom and the teacher just not having a handle on it yeah detention is is like a zoo like, they get into detention, there's balls of paper being thrown around everywhere, there's a kid who's been hung up on a coat rack, <laughs> like, who can't reach the floor anymore. It's like, <laughs> did that kid earn detention, or was he brought in by one of the kids in detention just to be a human punching bag? Yeah, and there is a kick me sign on the teacher who is running detentions back. It's anarchy. And the teacher is like, I'm going to leave you now for five minutes so I can make a copy of my play. Yes, the teacher is the drama instructor. (laughs) What is the connection between this drama instructor and the group of drama kids that we saw (laughs) two episodes ago? It's a very different... Because they do not have the same aesthetic. Do not sync up. (laughs) Something. There's a disconnect there. There is. And... You know, Lizzie takes her seat, and Lizzie's whole thought is, like, she's in survival mode, right? Just get through this. Say what you need to say. Do what you need to do to get out of detention alive. Yeah, it's so dramatic. 
And Angel comes over to Lizzie and starts talking to her because, as you would say, girl crush. And Angel's, you know, upset because she was supposed to be first in line to get the new Eminem CD after school today. But now she has to be in detention because Lizzie made a whole thing about showing her the answers and got and the teacher noticed. All she needs to do is wait 10 years and then she'll be able to get it on Spotify at the same time as everybody else. True. And as I mentioned, Lizzie is really just trying to get by. So Lizzie just starts, you know, telling Angel what she wants to hear. She tells Angel that, yeah, like you can cheat off me tomorrow. I'll give you the answers. And then Angel, there's like an immediate turn where she's like, like that's all it takes for Angel to be like, I misjudged you, Frizzy. And, like, starts talking about maybe she can join her band that does not exist, but will. It's a future band. I have several bands that don't exist, but they would be great bands if they exist. Shout out to Fish Pillow. If you're a Fish Pillow member, you know who I'm talking to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are not a Fish Pillow member. I'm not. I have no idea what you're talking about. I feel like it's very... <laughs> There's a very slim chance that anybody in Fish Pillow will listen to this episode, but if they're listening, Fish Pillow, I see you. And it's, that's Fish Pillow, F Y S H. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Moving on. Okay. Fish Pillow. And this conversation goes from really like like tense to Lizzie's mind changes about Angel really quickly. Yeah. They have a human connection. They realize that they're just people. They do. Lizzie realizes that Angel's just a person, and Angel realizes that Lizzie is just a person, a hypocritical person, but a person. Yeah, Lizzie says that she misjudged Angel and thinks it's really cool that Angel has a band, you know, a future band. And we get a lot. Should we play this clip? Okay. With all the, like, text speak, pretext speak. Sure. You have a band? Not yet. But one day, I'm going to make some music, travel the world, go my own way. Sounds really cool. Yep. Just me, my music, and my fans. And that's the only way to get to L squared. L squared? Two L's. Live large. You know, go where the wind blows me. Angel's not scary. She's misunderstood. So... Why'd you sit down next to me? Look around. Like, I'm really going to spend my valuable detention time talking to this bunch of double E's? <laughs> double E's? How many E's are there in geek? Two. And in dweeb? Two. Oh, double E. Geeks and dweebs. I got it. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so... Yeah, live large and double E's. Yeah, we get a sort of prequel to the future that is text speak. But text speak should already exist. They just had like an instant message chat in episode one. True, but we see later that, you know, Lizzie is kind of new to how to shorthand things. Is Lizzie new to how to shorthand things or are the writers of the show new to how to shorthand things? (laughs) Probably the latter. (laughs) Like in a later scene when Lizzie says it's no BD. (laughs) Like NBD. Like NBD. And then she goes BD, big deal. It's no BD or NBD. (laughs) 
and this happens throughout the episode. There's like a lot of. If you have to explain your abbreviation, then it's probably not a great abbreviation, and it would have just saved you time to say what you wanted to say at the beginning. Totally. But I appreciate the effort. There's also Lizzie's parents, TFO'd, totally freaked out. Yeah. But um, that's what I say to that one. Yeah, so Lizzie and Angel are friends now. Yeah, really quick turn. Yeah, they connected. And I appreciate the sentiment, right? Like you just have a conversation with someone and you realize that, as you have said already, they have just been misunderstanding each other and they're just people. Yeah. Yeah. And after detention, Lizzie goes home. We get another wild parenting scene from Joe McGuire. <laughs> um, Joe is upset that Lizzie is home late and did not call. That's the rule. If Lizzie is home late, she calls. Yeah, well, both kids are home late. So Lizzie's obviously home late because she had detention. Matt was at a friend's house watching uh, some sort of sports game. And so everybody's late, and Joe is annoyed. Joe is pissed. Joe is upset. Joe is upset. Not Aaron Carter level upset, but she's probably at like a seven. Yeah. (laughs) And then Lizzie lies about being in detention. Yeah, Lizzie just said that she was working on a project, and it ran late. Yeah, lie. Lie. And then Joe's like, oh, oh, it ran late? Oh, well, I was worried sick about you. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, why didn't you just tell me? Oh, I know, because you prefer to torture me. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what she said. <laughs> and then while, you know, Lizzie's conversation goes, Neh. Matt's conversation is even more interesting. Yeah, so Matt is apparently supposed to be home before the streetlights turn on which apparently happens at 7 o'clock every night. And so Matt came home at 7.07, and Joe freaks out. Like, Joe, calm down, all right? 7, 7, like, chill. Eh, curfew. Chill. We all know about parents who had curfews. (laughs) Chill. (laughs) Larry David is telling her, you know, (laughs) chill. Well... Matt, this this kind of spirals into a conversation about how all the other kids can do things that Matt can't, and ultimately culminating in Matt's friends do not have a bedtime. Yeah, the other kids bungee jump. Bungee <laughs> jump where? <laughs> who cares? They do it. But yeah, they also don't have bedtimes. Yeah. Matt is the only one who's treated like this. Yeah, so- in- And he's a big kid. Yeah. So Lizzie gets through her conversation with Joe, and it's like, fine. But Matt's conversation about the same thing, essentially, right? Like they both were home late without letting their mother know. Yeah, but Matt has a grievance. Lizzie doesn't really have a grievance. She's just kind of being, uh, I yeah. Yeah, Lizzie's just being scolded, and Lizzie is, you know, kind of covering up a lie. Yeah, she's too busy worrying about making sure that her lie comes off as believable, that she isn't negotiating what she actually wants. Whereas Matt comes in, he's got like what he wants, and he has his demands, and you know what? He gets it. Yeah, because none of his friends have bedtimes. Yeah. I never really had a bedtime. Yeah, so Joe agrees, no more bedtime for Matt, and he goes, touchdown. Well, the deal 
the deal is that if Matt comes home on time, he doesn't have a bedtime. Yeah, but worth it. He he won the negotiation. He did win the negotiation. That's yeah, exactly he what won, he wanted he to won happen. That. Unless he's kind of like, hey, mom, you okay? Yeah, because he was already going to come home on time. Yeah. <laughs> but, but now he also but Joe gets McGuire, no the wonderful parent that she is, was like, this is another teaching moment in the making. <laughs> she needs to look at her past lessons and realize that she wasn't the best teacher. <laughs> and so then we cut to a three-way call between Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda. Who else? I feel like that's self-explanatory at this point. And they wonder how detention went. Yeah, and it didn't go that badly. Yeah, Lizzie said it was actually kind of fun. And now Miranda's like, you okay? Yeah, she and Gordo are very confused. Yeah, Gordo's like, this coming from Lizzie, good girl, McGuire? Yeah, and then there's like a weird photo montage of like Lizzie cleaning up garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and like, Because yeah, that's what good girls do. Doing like charity work and recycling. trash. Yeah, Lizzie is the good girl prototype. What does that mean? I guess she recycles. Larry David, what does that mean? It means she's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Hi, Larry. (laughs) Welcome to our podcast. (laughs) Sorry, he made an appearance earlier, and I just thought since we're talking about good girls, it just really lent itself. Is Larry David R. Casey Kasem? (laughs) Deep cut. No one's going to know what that means. It's okay. You can cut it out. And at this point, Lizzie equates being a good girl to being boring. She's like, boring, boring, boring. That's me. And thinks that Angel's really exciting. Angel plays by her own rules. Angel has a band. Angel likes Eminem. Angel likes Eminem. Yeah. Yeah, I bet Gordo doesn't like Eminem. What kind of music do you think Gordo listens to? John Mayer. I was going (laughs) to... In 2001? Interesting. No, I was going to say something more boring, like uh, <laughs> Chiakovsky or something. <laughs> John Mayer is not boring. Some, like, uh, no, some I think, classical. I think Gordo has a, like, a, I think he is your Goo Goo Dolls, your Counting Crows. No, Gordo is solely classical music. What about jazz? His number one song is the, the theme from the Nutcracker. No. <laughs> what about jazz? What about smooth jazz? Like elevator music? Like that's the soundtrack to Gordo's life is just elevator music. No, like the soundtrack for Whiplash. Whiplash? Yeah. Interesting. Like some Charlie Parker. Are we leading or dragging? Are we rushing or are we dragging? Rushing! <laughs> are you upset? I'm upset! <laughs> and then, you know, as Lizzie is... Talking about how exciting Angel is, Matt enters the phone call in a very one-note move, just yelling, I don't have a bedtime. I don't have a bedtime. Yeah. So are we assuming that Lizzie does have a bedtime, and that's why this is such big news? Maybe. Yeah. I would think so. Do you think Lizzie has a bedtime? 13's a little old for a bedtime. What time do you think her bedtime is? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock? Yeah. And what what bedtime do you think Matt has? Didn't we... Didn't we, weren't we told what bedtime Matt had? Were we? In the babysitting episode. Wasn't it like nine? Oh, is it nine? Maybe like on the weekend. Nine on the weekend? Mm. So you think he has an earlier bedtime during the week? Maybe. I don't know. All right. I'm speculating at this point. <laughs> okay. Okay. Did you have a bedtime? Uh, Roughly 10. Like always? 
Yeah, I mean, roughly, like, it was more like just, you know, kind of be in your room, like, winding down around that time. I never had a bedtime. But also, like, we had to be up at, like, 6 o'clock to go to school. Yeah, in high school. Middle school, too. For you. There was a long period in my life where I had to get up at 6 o'clock. Ugh, never again. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, I, I don't know. My parents did not enforce any sort of bedtime ever, but I kind of had a self-imposed bedtime. Um, I was always in my room by 10 on school nights in high school because we had to be up at 6. And because I am, you know, such a good girl, as, as Gordo would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so... Yeah, Matt's really proud of his bedtime. Colin's new school, uh, new scene, sorry. Well, no, you're skipping the part where Lizzie's like, I have to crush my brother, and then it actually does. I guess that's part of her bad girl girl (laughs) persona. It's just like beating up people. Next time we see Lizzie, she is full bad girl persona. New look, new Lizzie. Yeah, it only took one day. I guess this was just kind of hiding in the closet. Maybe she got it from Gammy McGuire. Maybe. I love that her bad girl look still, like, had, I don't know if you noticed, but she was kind of wearing this, like, sort of vest thing over a long sleeve shirt, and the long sleeve shirt still had, like, flowers all over it. Uh, I did not notice, no. We I, can look at it later. I love the, the good girl seeping through. Okay. Her bad girl look. Sure. And, you know, she's talking to Angel and approaching Gordo Miranda at lunch, and they can kind of start to pick up on the conversation and find out that Lizzie forged a note from her mother. And Gordo's like, you forged a note? And basically Lizzie and Angel snuck off campus for lunch to go get good pizza. Yeah, which then Miranda tries to hide, which doesn't really make any sense. Like, Yeah, she tries to hide it under a napkin. You could have also like legitimately brought in pizza for your lunch. Yeah, what about that? That that wasn't like a particularly <laughs> extraordinary piece of pizza. So like what about it was so suspicious? Yeah, unclear. But it needs to be hidden. It's contraband. It needs to just be out of sight. Yes. And this is when Lizzie says it's no BD. Yeah. And yells at Miranda for ruining a perfectly good piece of pizza. Yeah. Uh, Angel leaves and says that she'll catch up with Lizzie later. And Lizzie says... Cooley. Cooley. <laughs> I think I like that even worse than Audi. <laughs> I'm Audi. Uh, I don't know. Cool. No. Nope. Don't like it. Yeah. And then we get another conversation of Lizzie ex- like con- trying to convince her friends that Angel's really cool. She's not that bad. She knows cool stuff. And Gordo says, like, what? Parole? And Lizzie's like, no, she's starting a band. Yeah. And this is where we learn about the party that never happens. Yeah. So much buildup, again, for no results. But apparently there's going to be a party with high schoolers, no parents, cute boys, and we see none of it. Well, we don't know about the no parents and boys yet, but we just know high school party. Okay, but, like, I thought we were already assuming. Like, when someone says they're having a party, like, I thought that was a given. I didn't realize it it needed to be explicitly stated that there were also no parents at the party. Clearly (laughs) it does, and that takes away from the time that could actually be showing us this party. Yeah. Um, So dumb. As Lizzie McGuire would say, what up with that? (laughs) What is up with that? And this scene ends, and then we get a montage of Matt with no bedtime. 
Yeah, it's it's really? like 2 a.m. He does a risky business dance. I wanted to say risky business. You wanted to say risky business? Yeah, because you were going to be like, do you even know what movie that's from? And I was going to be ready and go, risky business. All right, risky business. Yeah, he does the full the full shtick, right? But he doesn't get the song. Do you know what song is in the original movie? Yeah, old time rock and roll. Oh, wow, look that at that. That funky music just soothes the soul. <laughs> yeah. No, we get some yeah, sort of generic I know rock things. music. You know things? Yeah. Okay. You act like I've never seen that scene before. And then did not recently see... Recently. Jo- <laughs> and then not recently see Jordan Fisher do that scene for a Domino's commercial. Hate the Domino's. Love Jordan Fisher. You want to get Domino's? No. I love Domino's. No. But anyways, we get this great montage of Matt just doing all these crazy things, staying up late, not going to sleep. And then just being completely wiped the next morning. Yep. Uh, he's like making toast, but also falling asleep. Like in the toaster oven, which is kind of concerning. Yeah. Um, he's like, I'm not even tired, but he keeps falling asleep. And this is when Joe and Sam are introduced to bad girl Lizzie, who comes down with a ring in her nose. Yeah. Take a chill pill, parents. Yeah, take a chill pill, parents. It's just a temp. <laughs> I don't know where to start. Your nose jewelry or your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and then Matt is like, she looks this gross every day. <laughs> yeah, go Matt. But yeah. Tell it like it is. <laughs> but yeah, Lizzie is full bad girl. She's sassing her parents now. She has a temporary nose ring. And Lizzie's parents are like, you are not going to school like this. and Except she is. Yeah, except she did. And Lizzie tries to steal Matt's toast. Her parents yell at her. But then at the end of the scene, Matt is literally sleeping, standing up, holding the piece of toast. And Lizzie grabs it and goes away. Yeah. Off to live her bad girl life. Mm-hmm. And which leads us to the locker room. To Lizzie and Angel skipping P.E. Yep. This is when we get the TFO line. And this is when we get, you know, the clarification that there's going to be no parents at this party and so many high school boys, which this is the point where cartoon Lizzie starts to feel a little concerned, but she's still playing it cool. And Angel keeps calling her Frizz, which is not endearing. No, not at all. Yeah. I don't know. To me, the idea, and this comes up a lot in these types of shows of like middle school kids going to high school parties and that should just never be a thing that happens because well they're in eighth grade right so they're like almost there they're in seventh grade they're in seventh grade yeah this This makes the class president storyline make even less sense yeah this is still season one season two is eighth grade season two is eighth grade so they're in seventh grade for the high school party well it's like there's a huge difference at this point like between being 13 and being 16, 17, 18, and yeah, you could just be putting yourself in a not great situation. I guess. I don't know. We'll we'll never know. We never got to see it. We never got to see it. Yeah. Because Lizzie had an intervention, and this intervention, that's where we actually go next, because Miranda and Gordo are very concerned. Yep. Uh, So Gordo has lured Lizzie in with the false pretense of having the answers to a test. So Lizzie approaches Gordo, and Gordo's like, I have the goods in here. And they slyly go into like a, a side room, a classroom. And then in there is Miranda. 
And they're like, this is an intervention. You kind of skipped a whole bunch because first. Oh, I did skip a whole bunch. Miranda, I was at the wrong thing. Miranda and Gordo have a side conversation first where Gordo says, this is an emergency. We need to scare Lizzie straight. She's a good girl at heart. We just have to remind her of that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just so like after school special. Can you imagine if this was actually the plot of Inside Out? And they were like, no, Riley just needs to be reminded of who she is. The movie would be like <laughs> 10 minutes. Long. <laughs> and it's like people can't change. They need to be exactly who they were at the beginning and at the end. For all time, they need to be the exact yeah, same. Yeah, there's no such thing as character <laughs> development or growth. Nope. But. No, this was an, this is an important thing to mention because Lizzie appears in the middle of this conversation and is basically like, "Here's what hap- Here is what's happening. Since you're not going to the party, I'm going to tell my parents that I'm at your house, Miranda, and you are going to cover for me." She doesn't really ask; she just tells them. She learned uh, from the Matt McGuire School of Negotiating. Yes, <laughs> and then Gordo's basically like, "Okay, it's time for an intervention," and. You also missed Matt montage number two. Oh my God, how could I miss it? Yeah. It's the best one. <laughs> it is. He's like falling asleep in school throughout the day. Um, he stays up really late and calls a psychic. Yeah, he calls like the toll free. A toll free number. <laughs> number to get psychic uh, advice and is told that he will be tall enough to play in the NBA, which does not happen. I can tell you now, 19 <laughs> years later, not true. Uh, he'll be married how many times? And he'll be the leader of the free world. The free world? (laughs) And then we get, you know, the parents are kind of concerned at this point, or Sam is at the very least, because Matt snuck into the kindergarten room during nap time, just like slept through three of his classes. And I just think that this whole B story, once again, really showcases the questionable parenting style of Joe and Sam McGuire. It's consistent, though. It is consistent. And it's silly. And I mean, no real complaints, I would say. And now, now, Sam, we get to the moment you've been waiting for. Yes, the, inter- the intervention. The intervention. That I mentioned, I mentioned earlier, yes. Gordo's idea of an intervention is a documentary. It's a movie where he gets to play Sam McGuire. It actually really freaked me out how much he kind of resembles Sam. <laughs> yeah, he's got like four feet to go, but he's almost there. With, with the glasses on, I was like, ooh. Yeah. And Miranda plays Joe. They Mir- Miranda plays a bunch of characters. Yeah, she plays Joe. She plays herself. She plays Matt. She plays Lizzie. She plays Lizzie. I wonder how they got that footage of Lizzie, though, the actual Lizzie. The same way they got the actual footage of Angel, just like creeping. <laughs> creeping. Are we going to play the intervention? But the good days came crashing down when she met a devil named Angel. Everything was fine until Lizzie got detention. Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie, what exactly was she in for? She was in for cheating at math, but soon she'd be cheating at life. She used to live up there. Now she lives out there, on the street. The horror! Lizzie planned on going to parties she was too young for. Put earrings in places they're not meant to be. Forgery, ditching, and lying became a way of life. Lizzie got too fast for even the fast crowd. If we don't stop her now, she could end up in jail. Or worse. Which is why we made this film. 
for you, you Lizzie McGuire. I just, this is like the redeeming moment of the episode for me because I just think that everything in this documentary is gold. Yeah, there's no way this documentary should work though. No, it shouldn't work, but everything that happens inside of it is glorious. Like the creatively, like conceptually, the execution. <laughs> Gordo is well on his way. Yeah, but there it's like a it's a good video, but it's a bad idea. If we don't stop her now, she could end up in jail. Or worse. Or worse. She could take all the pizza in all the town and bring it here to the school. And what would we do then? Yeah. But the video works. After Lizzie says that it's a bad movie, which is patently not true. <laughs> yeah. But she says that being a bad girl is hard work. And that she really is a good girl at heart. Yeah. Uh, and that she's not going to the party. Yeah. Bummer. So lame. Bummer. Totally lame, bro. And I mean, that is pretty much, you know, the episode resolves really quickly from there. Yeah. Um, she confronts Angel in the hallway, and now they're enemies again. Um, then skip back home. Matt's going to ask his parents to give him his bedtime back, which, like, you could just, just be go to more self-directed. Yeah. And then you would have no bedtime, but also be awake in critical hours of the day. Yeah, just go to sleep, Matt. Yeah, just like when you're tired, go to bed. I liked when Lizzie was like, in a way, I kind of got my bedtime back too. This isn't about you. <laughs> and the episode ends. Yeah. And that is episode 111, Bad Girl McGuire. That is it. That is it. Yeah, overall... Like I said earlier, uh, it was it was fine, but it could have been so much more. I agree with that. I have fond memories of it. Um, it hits all the nostalgia points for me, but uh, as an actual episode, it's pretty it's pretty lukewarm. Yeah, on the, the rewatch, just drop the ball on so many like things that could have been fun. And I don't know if that's maybe just like you know Disney Channel doesn't want to show high school parties or whatever in two thousand one, but you know I just thought. I could say something, but it's a spoiler. Oh, okay. Well, definitely don't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Could have been, been more. I also will add that that was a one and done for Angel Lieberman. We'll, we'll never see her again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never see her again. Maybe she was transferred to another school for being such a bad girl. Yeah. Cool. So as always... It's time to talk about the outfits. I feel like we kind of did a little bit, but we can do a deeper dive. Yeah, so I, I've pulled out a couple here. We don't wait first, no questions, right? Again, no questions? No questions. Wow. All right, I guess the name of the segment's still up for grabs. <laughs> Kelsey's gonna be so mad. <laughs> she forgot again. <laughs> hey, I don't make the rules, you know? I just live by them. All right. So first outfit that we have is courtesy of our episode's antagonist, Angel. Uh, we've already talked a little bit about her hair, but what do we think about <laughs> wearing a sweatshirt with your own name on it? I mean, it's nice that she has that option. Uh, it's not a look that I would go for. I don't even love, like, initials as Like, for example... Michael Kors, MK, I would never wear, like they actually sell shirts that say like MK on them, would not wear that. And you don't like that? 
No, I like it. I, I, I can accessorize with it, right? Like I could have a cute Michael Kors wallet or purse, but I would never like wear my name or my initials like across my chest. You never wear a Marissa sweatshirt? No, but if I, eh, if I did, okay, if I were to wear a shirt with my name on it, people might actually spell my name right. <laughs> that That's true. So there is an upside. Yeah, but I don't think anybody's going to misspell Angel's name. No. Unless they write Angle. I also want to note the um, sort of fuzzy vest that she's wearing over her sweatshirt. She must be really warm. For sure, and she wears it all the time. It's like something that just stays with her. It's Oh, yeah, it's standard. Yeah, because in another outfit, she's wearing a sort of... Um, like a black long sleeve, kind of the sleeves are kind of fishnetty see-through, but she still has that pink vest over it. This is the piece that brings the entire aesthetic together. Yeah, that bad girl vest. The bad girl. But see, when I was talking about Lizzie's sleeves, look at the look at that cute pattern. Yeah, with a giant bird. Yeah, and it's like her hair. It's like she became Frizz, you know? She wasn't Frizz, but she became her. It was willed into existence, and then she she literally began to embody the essence of Frizzy McGuire. She did. Yeah, um, I see it. All right, so from one Lizzie outfit to another, I'd like to talk a little bit about the outfit that Lizzie is wearing in the beginning of the episode because, for me, it was a little bit much. She looks kind of like oh, wow. a Van Gogh painting. She does. <laughs> like she's just wearing it. Yeah, we have taken mixing patterns to a new level here. We have some horizontal stripe. They're not even stripes though, right? They're like, what would you call this pattern, Sam? I think the only thing to do is call it like a Van Gogh pattern. Like it's just swirls of paint. I don't know. Yeah, and the skirt uh, that she's wearing is totally clashing with her shirt. It's really stressful, actually. So you don't like this outfit? I don't like this outfit. Really? I like the pieces individually with a solid counterpart. Like, I would wear that shirt with a pair of jeans, or I would wear that skirt with a black shirt, but together, it's a lot. It, I agree. It's a lot, and I don't like it. I'm not here for it. It's bad. Uh, all right, so the next outfit that I would like to highlight... It got to be from the, from the intervention video, right? So we've got the Miranda as Joe and Gordo as Sam McGuire. What do we think? How do we think that they portrayed these characters? Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> look at look at Miranda. Look at the glasses. Look at the cardigan. Spot on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Gordo, too. Like I said, it's kind of weird how much Gordo resembles Sam. Yeah. yeah. Is he wearing a tie? I missed that. You can't really tell in the video, I suppose, if he's wearing a tie. Yes, he is. Oh, he is. Yeah. No, he's got the whole tie down. Yeah. No, he's he's got Sam McGuire down. Ah, oh, this is so good. This so is... much drama. I love it. If he had said that, then we would have known that he was Sam McGuire. He wouldn't have needed a, a lower third. True. All right. What do we think about Miranda? Dressed as bad Lizzie. I just think that Miranda, ooh, two nose rings and a lip ring. That's like four nose rings. I don't know where you're looking. You've no, got it's, the one hoop, two hoop, No, three, I mean, it, but it's two because it's just like the that's just the way the, each hoop is. See how they're both like ending at the same place? I don't know. But it's like the <laughs> the nose rings grow exponentially. 
as as she they do as they zoom in on her face because in the first appearance she's fine right like she's just one nose ring and then it cuts back and there are so many rings <laughs> so many rings yeah i love it yeah i think they did so great with this video <laughs> you're into it i'm so into it all right i want to talk last one i want to talk about is our drama teacher um because he's like wearing a button-up shirt, but then underneath his shirt, he's got like a scarf. What is this? You're right. It's a look. <laughs> what is what is happening here? I don't know. But he does not look like the leader of the drama kids. He's not wearing all day. black. He's no. not wearing all black. He does not have sunglasses on. He does not. Nope. Uh, yeah, and those are really the the key outfits that I that I wanted to highlight in this episode. I would agree. So now can we jump into our MVPs? Sure. Uh, Marissa, who is your MVP this episode? Okay. So I have a lot of, again, I think it's kind of hard to name an MVP in this episode because every character in this episode is problematic in their own way. Would you agree with that? Yeah, there's no real standout in the episode. Yeah. It's hard. Because, you know... Lizzie, you know, has her thing with her bad girl persona. The idea of good girl versus bad girl is inherently problematic in my opinion. And the way that this episode tries to differentiate what is good and what is bad. But if we have to name an MVP, I think I'm going to give it to Gordo. Gordo is your MVP. And again, I say that, I I hesitate when I say that because... He really feeds into the good girl brand that is Lizzie McGuire. And he really wants this one particular version of Lizzie to exist. And, you know, keeps driving home the good girl at heart thing, which I don't love at all. But that documentary he made was the most brilliant part of the entire episode. And in an episode where this is a difficult choice... I have to give points to cr- for creativity there. Yeah. So um, Gordo's my MVP. And you also like his Sam McGuire outfit. Love his Sam <laughs> McGuire outfit. You, re- you really thought he nailed it. Yes. Okay. Um, so you're going to go with Gordo. This episode was, like you said, very difficult to choose an MVP because there's nobody that really stood out. Nobody had a real kind of signature moment. No one really took ownership of the episode in any memorable kind of way. So for me, uh, I'm going to go with a character who I think really made the most of their time on screen and really just showed some real uh, crafty ingenuity. And so I'm going to go with Matt McGuire here as my MVP because I think that he demonstrated um, really good negotiating skills. He was able to ultimately get what he wanted and then rescind what he wanted on his own terms joe can think that she was kind of uh in charge of this whole scenario but this could have really backfired in her face so it was really matt deciding that he wanted one no bedtime getting it and then like the (laughs) like the roman farmer cincinnatus just returning it when it became too much for him so matt mcguire is my mvp this episode And a quick look at the standings. Just uh, at this point in time, 11 episodes in, Lizzie McGuire is 
in first place. She's got six MVP votes. Uh, Gordo has moved up to second place now. He's up to four. Joe and Miranda and Matt are tied for third uh, with three points. And then we've got Larry with two points and Nana with one point. And that's our standings right now. I'm Hold surprised on. that Sam McGuire. I was just going to say that. Oh, my God. I was literally going to be like, is Sam not on the board? No, Sam McGuire is not on the board. So much drama. Got to get it together, Sam. <laughs> Got to earn some points. I know. Sam McGuire, had a, he has some good individual lines, but he just hasn't, he hasn't pulled it all together and really just, you I, know, made a memorable Sam McGuire episode. Yeah, he hasn't had a breakout episode, but it is sad that he, you know, comprises most of our soundboard. I mean, we only have three sounds, so. Yeah, but he has two thirds of them. He does have two thirds of them. <laughs> That's true. But I don't know how many, I don't know if I, how often I would, I would use the Aaron Carter clip. It's really just going to be the so much drama clip yeah. that gets the most, the most play time here. You're right. Yeah. Well, we did it. Another episode. Yeah. 11 episodes in. <laughs> Bad girl McGuire. What, 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 what can we say? I mean, it was, it was an episode. It happened and I don't need to revisit it. As always, you can follow us online at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter. You can email us at outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, get those questions in. We're really trying to make this a thing. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I mean, I if know. no one has a question, then it's fine. We'll just, you know, I know. We'll just go on as we've been going on. But if yeah. someone does have a question, again, we will answer that. We're question. happy to talk. It doesn't even need it doesn't even need to be related to Lizzie McGuire. It can just be any question. Yeah. We're opening it up. <laughs> Yeah, I will upload the photos of the picture of the, uh, sorry of the outfits that we talked about on www.patrickdatedmedia.com forward slash outfit repeaters. And that's all we've got for you this week. Tune in next time where we will recap episode one twelve between a rock and a bra place. This episode is like goes down in Lizzie McGuire infamy, Sam. This is a big moment for you. Can't wait. So exciting. <laughs> Can't I wait. I want a bra. Okay? A bra. And that is a preview. <laughs> Mic drop out. <laughs> <laughs>